0: Friends, last week I promised that we were talking about the commandments of Jesus and we talked about uh, the great commandment to love God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. And then the next week we talked about uh commandment to, uh, to, to love one another, a new commandment I've given you to love one another. And I promised that next we were going to talk about the hard commandment to even love those who make themselves your enemy. Love your enemies. Jesus says, if you only love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even the unbelievers do that. I want my followers, Jesus says, to even love your enemies. Well, I forgot Thanksgiving was coming. Yeah, I have to write these things down. So uh, today, of course, being Thanksgiving weekend, we turn our thoughts and hearts and minds and our activities as families, wherever possible, are able to get together and just be thankful for, as Stephen said earlier, all of God's blessings, even in difficult times. We want to just pause now and reflect on that, being thankful in tough times. This is our second COVID Thanksgiving and uh, this is a Thanksgiving that is different because COVID uh, last Thanksgiving, we knew maybe one local person and you could still say, well, this person had it and they gave it to that person and of uh, the three people in the county who had it. Right now, it is rife in our county. Our numbers are high, both those who have been tested and people who have just stayed home and not been tested. We know uh, this very uh, contagious strain of COVID is just kind of burning through our uh, county and society as a whole. As we've talked about, we've had people sick, loved ones lost, and it's a difficult time. And uh, we want to reflect on that and the fact that even in the midst of this, God still desires us to be thankful. Not always grateful, because grateful is on the inside. Gratitude is an attitude. And we want to have that attitude throughout the year. But thanksgiving is the expression of the inner gratitude. And whether it be standing up when you don't like speaking in public, standing up in front of everybody in church and giving a testimony of gratitude and thanksgiving. That takes something, but it's an expression of thanksgiving. Whether it's singing from your heart, thank you, Lord, with the worship team, as they had a wonderful package of thanksgiving songs. That's expressing thanksgiving. And we want to be people that not only feel grateful, but express it. Not only this time of year where the society as a whole reminds ourselves to be thankful, but throughout the year, Because we recognize as followers of Jesus how much we have to be thankful for. It was not only a tough year because of the COVID pandemic and the restrictions and the illness. But as Ken referenced, it was difficult for our farmers. And we are an agriculture society here in a town and country ministry. It was a dry year, a difficult year. Hailstorms and small yields. It was a challenge. But the book of Habakkuk ends with the prophet's prayer. One of the most beautiful passages in Scripture is the prayer of Habakkuk. And just before he finishes his prayer on a positive note, the prophet reflects on the fact that life is hard where he is living. And yet, despite the difficulties they face, he is not going to turn aside and lose heart. In Habakkuk chapter 3, beginning in verse 17, we read, Though the fig tree does not bud, And there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my savior. Being thankful in hard times. Is that just an Old Testament concept or do we see it for God's people today? Followers of Jesus. I believe we do. In fact, I've called today's message in all things because we find that phrase in Scripture again and again in all things, in all circumstances. And one of the things we're told to do in all circumstances is to be thankful, to have a joy that circumstances can't touch. I'm not telling you as your pastor to be happy every day. Happiness is kind of connected to my blood sugar level. I can be so happy after I'm reflecting on the wonderful Thanksgiving dinner, a little sleepy maybe from the turkey, but happy. But when I'm hungry, I'm not so happy. Joy is something completely different. Joy is that sense of well-being because you are known and loved by the God who created you. And he showed you how much he loved you. As he sent his son to take your sin and pay the price on the cross that through faith in him, you could live with him forever, be adopted into his own family. The gospel is all good news and followers of Jesus have a joy that circumstance cannot touch. So we choose to be thankful in good times and hard times. Just to go through that quickly, a number of familiar passages that we know to encourage you this morning on your Thanksgiving weekend. The first is that in all things, our thankfulness is rooted in God's character. Our thankfulness is not dependent on the quality of the crop, whether it be a bumper crop. Our thankfulness is because we are related by faith to Jesus. We are heirs and co-heirs with Jesus through faith in Christ, adopted into God's family, precious to him, loved. And the God who loves you is not capricious, is not changing constantly. You read the faith of the ancients, people like the, the Greeks and the Romans, who their myths told of gods who uh, cared about them one minute and hated them the next. And you can never know them or trust them and you live a life of fear and uncertainty. But the Bible reveals that the Creator, the true God, doesn't change. He is faithful and loving and His care never ends. Oh, I love the Psalm 100. I want to read the whole psalm for you today because it speaks of the character of God and how God's character leads to thanksgiving and worship. Psalm 100 tells us, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. The God that you know and love and knows and loves you. He is good. He is loving. He is faithful. He knows you and cares about you. That's the God that we know. He is strong. He is good. He is loving. He is faithful. That's our God. And because of that, we can rejoice and be thankful in all circumstances. I love to quote My brothers and sisters present and past who uh, have an insight into passages of scripture one of those men i have a quote today is a w pink arthur pink uh was uh from scotland i'll read it off the screen if we can bring arthur up there there he is a w pink early in the last century from man from scotland he was caught up in the spiritualist movement you know with mediums talking to the dead That's what he was. He was a spiritualist. He was a medium trying to communicate with the dead. But he heard the good news and became a Christian. Not only a Christian, he became one of the leading Reformed theologians and pastors in North America. And something Arthur Pink said of God's character, the permanence of God's character guarantees the fulfillment of His promises. God makes a promise to you based on his love for you, based on his character, because God can promise or swear on nothing but himself. You can count on it because he is faithful in his character. Our holy, loving God will never change on us. So we are thankful because of the character of God. This thankfulness now can be approached and be communicated in all situations. We can give thanks in all things. All things. As Stephen said, I'm thankful for COVID. I think you actually meant you're thankful in COVID. You know, know, actually COVID. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that little virus. No, we're not. But we're thankful for what God can accomplish even in the midst of those hard times. Giving thanks in all things. As 1 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul writes... Chapter 5, beginning in verse 16. Love these little verses. When you had to memorize verses, these were my favorites because little two word verses got full credit for them. First, be joyful always. Verse 17, pray continually. Verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The Lord expects you not to be blown here or there by the winds of circumstances, but to be rooted in His love, the character of God, underpinning everything. And to be thankful in all circumstances, in sunshine or in shadow. Paul says something very similar in Ephesians chapter 5. He says, Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are in Christ, and we can give thanks in all circumstances because of who we are in Jesus. We are safe from the vagaries of life in Jesus. In all things, give thanks. Rick Warren, of course, the founding pastor at Saddleback, speaking of something very similar, says this. In happy moments, praise God. In difficult moments, seek God. In quiet moments, worship God. In painful moments, trust God. Every moment, thank God. Thankfulness that difficult circumstances cannot touch. In all things, God is with us in all things. God's presence makes all the difference. As we read earlier, you are in Psalm 100, you are the sheep of His pasture. He is the good shepherd. He would leave 99 sheep that are safe in the fold to go looking for you. And if you think of your life and your spiritual journey, God did go seeking you. And if you're a believer today, it's because He found you and He brought you home. You are precious to Him. Oh, presence of a loved one makes all the difference. Do you remember when you were young? Were you blessed to have siblings? Sometimes we don't think siblings were such a blessing. Maybe you had real rough relationships and you often wondered how nice it would have been to be an only child. Wouldn't that have been nice? All the gifts, all the attention. Have you ever seen how only children turn out? I'm just keep teasing. <laughs> if you're an only child here today, I apologize. I was a middle child. I had People ahead of me, behind me. You learn to get along. Go along, get along. You learn to be a, a bit of an ambassador, to build bridges because you're in the middle. If your older brother takes something out on you and you pass it on to your little brother, he tells the older brother who comes back twice as hard after you, you've got to be careful with siblings. But the great blessing is when you were in those years, I don't know, they start different for different kids, but I remember from about six to about eight I didn't like to be alone at night. If I woke up at night, I could hear coyotes howling or something, a thump in the night. I would lay there afraid. Something was out there in the dark. And if you're alone, that is terrible. You hide under your covers until the air gets so stale, you almost pass out. I was blessed to always have a brother in the room with me. When I was in those real scaredy cat years, my big brother... He was older and stronger than me. In fact, he was 9 or 10 years old. Nothing could hurt him. At least I thought. And so I would sneak out of my bed where the monsters could get me and I'd pull the covers out of the end of his bed and creep under there and, you know, be right by his feet. And I knew I was safe because I was in bed with him. After he moved out, well, then my little brother moved in. And, you know, I wondered if I'd ever get a room of my own. For about 15 minutes, I had a room of my own then off to Bible school and a roommate, a roommate to keep you company. I left that setting to get married and have had a roommate ever since for 40 years. Isn't that something? If I ever have to sleep by myself, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. Having a, a strong, caring presence makes all the difference. And God has promised, friend, that he will never leave you. He is always with you. One of the most beautiful passages, of course, is in Deuteronomy chapter 31. The song of Moses is he's passing on the care of the people to Joshua. He is told to be strong and courageous, to not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. That's what Jesus said. The Great Commission And behold, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Right to the end. And when you get to the end of this life, Jesus will take your hand and bring you home. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. You will never be left alone. Oh, God's presence makes all the difference. The most familiar psalm in Scripture, Psalm 23, the shepherd psalm, speaks of that very thing in the dark valleys of life. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God is with us. That's the precious story of Emmanuel. God sent Jesus and said one of his names will be Emmanuel, God with us to send us this precious message. Well, friends, because of His presence in those difficult times, we have a peace. We are freed from fear and anxiety. Oh, I know we struggle. In our weak moments, we'll still be anxious, especially when it's care for a loved one, a child, a grandchild, a spouse, loved ones who are sick or facing trouble in their lives. We'll still be anxious, but we don't need to be. We can have peace by handing it all over to the God who cares, who's with us. Peace can be ours in all things if we give our hearts to God. Philippians chapter 4 speaks of this incredible peace that is so difficult for the world to understand. How can that be true? But Philippians 4 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I'm glad God guards both our hearts and minds with the peace that passes understanding because sometimes I will know, I will know that I don't need to be anxious. But my heart won't agree with my head. And I'll still be afraid. But God, in His presence, giving us His peace, His Spirit, the Comforter, comes to us and He guards our heart and our mind. We have that peace that passes all understanding. Speaking of the mind, the prophet Isaiah once told us to keep our mind focused on the Lord. When things get hard, look for Jesus. Look for Jesus in every situation. Isaiah 26, beginning in verse 3, we read, You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Who are you trusting today? Who are you trusting? In the time of COVID, do we trust our, our own research we do? Do we trust medical science? Do we trust this, that? People are disagreeing all around us. I want to encourage you first and foremost... Put your trust in the Lord. Whatever you do, make sure your primary trust is always in God. And He will lead you and guide you. Watch over and protect you. He will be with you in every situation. I have a quote from Paul Chappell. He's, a, he's not only an eminent senior pastor, but he's a college uh, uh, president. He's a radio host. And speaking of the peace that is ours because of Jesus' resurrection, Paul Chappell writes this, because of the empty tomb, we have peace. Because of his resurrection, we can have peace even during even the most troubling of times because we know that he has control of all that happens in the world all that happens in the world is in his control because we serve a risen savior if jesus was still in the tomb our faith in him would be in vain because of the empty tomb because of the risen lord we know he has the world in the palm of his hand oh people are making bad decisions but god can use all things for ultimate good and bring about His good and perfect will. Finally, in circumstances of life, we know that we need it if we are going to grow and be strong and mature, because God can grow us in all things. Even those difficult circumstances can exercise our faith. If everything only goes well, we never need to grow strong. We never do. But God allows even the difficult things to play an important role in your life, not only as an individual, as a person, mentally, emotionally, physically. Difficult things make us stronger. But spiritually, they do the same thing. That's the truth of that often memorized passage, Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, there's that phrase again, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. I'm just going to continue reading. For those he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. God's will is for us to be like Jesus. Be conformed to his likeness. And you can't become more like Jesus apart from the difficult challenges of life. That's why James, as he writes in James 1, that we should consider it joyfully when we face trials and tribulations and difficult circumstances, knowing that the Lord is working in us to make us more like Jesus and to bring us to maturity. James writes in James chapter 1, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Somebody who knows the reality of God growing us to be like Jesus through difficult circumstances was the famous missionary, writer, speaker, author, Elizabeth Elliot. After losing her husband to the Alka Indians in South America as the missionaries were massacred, later in life she remarried and I heard her speak at college once as Elizabeth Elliot Gren. Elizabeth Elliot, speaking of this growth in our lives in difficult circumstances, writes this profound thing. She says, our vision is so limited, we can hardly imagine a love that does not show itself in protection from suffering. The love of God did not protect his own son. He will not necessarily protect us, not from anything it takes to make us like his son. A lot of hammering and chiseling and purifying by fire will have to go into the process. <laughs> He loves you too much to protect you from those difficult things that will make you more like Jesus. So friends, this weekend, reflect not only on the good things to be thankful for, the love of God, the love of your family, your neighbors, your community, but think of the hard things that God has allowed to mold you and make you more like Jesus. Don't begrudge them. Give thanks for them. Let's join our hearts together as we close in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, it sometimes seems interesting how Thanksgiving falls on the calendar. In a good year, oh, we can pile up produce from the garden and rejoice in bumper crops for this is the season of harvest. But in some years, Lord, the harvest is scarce or not at all. And yet you have still called your people to give thanks and to rejoice. For we have a joy that cannot be shaken by circumstances. Lord, we know that that joy is rooted in the character of a loving God. That you are faithful and you are strong and you are good. And so when hard things come into our lives, Father, your word reveals that it's for our own good. That it grows us and strengthens us and makes us more like Jesus. Lord, we think of those, especially in our community and friends and family who have lost loved ones during the pandemic. Perhaps for some, this will be a Thanksgiving season with an empty seat at the dinner table. Lord, in an empty space in their hearts. Lord, only You can fill that spot by Your Spirit as the Comforter comes. And so, Lord, we pray for those who have experienced great loss. And yet at the same time, Father, remind us of all that we're thankful for. Help us to truly count our blessings as the old song says, Lord, that we may not only have an attitude of gratefulness, but Lord, express it with thanksgiving. This weekend and in all the days to come, for you are a good God who loves us. And for you, Father, we give thanks. And we pray all of this In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. God bless you and keep you.
1: Well, not only is it Thanksgiving weekend, but it's Pastoral Appreciation Sunday. So, did you
0: know that, Pastor So, happy Pastor Day and happy Thanksgiving. And I have a couple cards for you that June Haller made, and uh, something in there
1: that will turn you from hangry to maybe happy. And also, uh, I just want to read this. If you leave church saying, What a fantastic preacher, then that preacher has failed. A fantastic preacher would have you leaving church saying, What an amazing God. God is so glorious. How wonderful it is that God has revealed himself through his word. So the best compliment we can give you is, we believe that God is awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, we also have a little video. Thank you, Pastor Helen, for your service and being our friend. Uh, in the first year that we were here in Trochu, we had a tragic death of a grandson, and you came and felt her pain with us. And a few years later, I was trying to help grandson with ancestry, and uh, I needed some technical help, so who did I go see my Pastor Ellen, And I was really surprised at how much he knew about the Mennonite heritage and how the Queen of Russia had fought in Mennonite farmers to serve her. I also really appreciate the way you respected and treated Fred. And thank you for your sermons and how you talk about the country of Israel. And so often I think, yeah, you've been there. Thank you again. Somewhat. And I've always found Pastor Al to be historical. I, I mean, hysterical in his jokes. As for Pastor Dave, um, he's a, a new addition to the family of Trochu Baptist. He's a welcome addition. His sincerity in his love for the youth is infectious and is much appreciated, and I can only wish. That I could demonstrate half the passion for youth that he has. Thank you, uh, Pastor, Pastor. Allen, for speaking at PCA mm-hmm. Chapel. I like, I like your story. Thank you, Pastor Allen. Thank you, Pastor Allen and Pastor Dave and your wives for your ministry to us. Pastor Allen, your messages every Sunday meet our personal needs while addressing the needs of all who listen. You've had a profound influence on our church by your care for all, from the youngest to the oldest, whether gifted or challenged. And Pastor Dave, our first memory of you was when you came to our home to return a Bible that had been left in church. That was a great example of your servant heart. Hi, Pastor Al. We're so thankful that you are our pastor, We appreciate how you put missions as such a high priority for the church, whether it's international, national, or local. We've been so blessed by your teachings over the years, and one thing that I really love is how you take the time to make everyone feel so welcome at church every Sunday morning. Happy Pastor Appreciation. Hey, Pastor Dave. I am thankful for your heart for youth ministry and your passion to share the good news with teams of our church and community alike. I appreciate your friendship for both Jeff and I. And I'm thankful for how committed and dedicated you are to the people God puts in your life.
0: Thank you, Pastor Allen. Uh, We think you're the best.
1: Uh, Keep up the good work. Yeah, Yeah, we really appreciate you, Pastor
0: Allen. Yeah, we love listening to you every Sunday.
1: We appreciate Pastor Allen's message. Because he explains everything so nice. Thank you, Pastor Allen. So we really appreciate Pastor Dave for
0: always caring for the youth. Uh, We appreciate the trips that we had to YC and uh, all those fun trips to the youth retreat. Yeah, thank you, Pastor Dave. Thanks for
1: giving us an awesome place to hang out on Fridays.